0: as you read the Bible, you notice that God is active in His creation. And He's, He's active in a variety of ways. He's active in the miraculous, and He's active in the mundane, the everyday affairs of mankind. And yet it takes eyes of faith to notice them both. And you notice there are several miraculous ways God works. We've seen it uh, all throughout the Old Testament, for example. Uh, You think of uh, God speaking through the burning bush and the plagues in Egypt, parting the Red Sea, manna from heaven, supernatural deliverance from enemies, Uh, you can go on and on. But when we come to the book of Ruth, the story of Ruth, uh, there are no miracles. Uh, God never speaks, angels do not come and deliver messages prophets do not preach and yet it's a story of God at work in the everyday affairs of mankind to pursue provide and protect his people you know the story of Ruth is God working in everyday affairs and in the in the immediate context of the book of the story of Ruth, God provides a Redeemer, someone who provides and protects for Naomi and Ruth. But then if you get a bigger picture, the grander context of what we see in Ruth is that God is working in the everyday affairs of mankind to produce the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, that will come and offer redemption for all of mankind. So with that backdrop, uh, let's look into the book of Ruth this morning, beginning in verse 22 of chapter 1. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now, you've heard this read once before this morning, but I want you to notice the repetition the author uses. He wants to make sure you understand that Ruth does not belong in Israel. She's a Moabite. She's from Moab. She's not from Israel. She's a foreigner. and So he repetitiously brings that to bear here in his writing. And he says, And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. And you remember the reason they left Bethlehem is because of a famine. And now they come back because God has visited His people and now the harvest is coming in. And so everybody's involved in the harvesting. And now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man, which means he's a man of significant resources. He's a man of integrity. He's a man of great social standing. And his name is Boaz, and he's from the clan of Elimelech. And Ruth the Moabite, just in case you didn't get it the first 15 times he said it, uh, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her daughter, go, my daughter. Now, as you remember, Ruth and Naomi, they they came to Bethlehem from Moab and they had lost their husbands in Moab. Both have died and they come to Bethlehem as widows and they have very little, if anything. And in order to get food, Ruth asks permission to go into the field and to glean and gather some food. Now, gleaning Within the people of God was an opportunity for the poor to gather food. It was a way in which God had provided for the poor and for the the sojourner or the foreigner, those who come into Israel from other lands. It was a way for Him to uh, ensure that the poor among them was provided for. And to read more about this process of gleaning and, and the command that God gave His people, you can look at Leviticus 19, verse 9. And it's in a few other pa- pa- places of Scripture as well, but it's a way God took care of the poor. And so Naomi grants Ruth's request, I'm sure because Naomi's probably hungry as well and uh, would like some food. And so she encourages Ruth to go out and find some food, to glean. Now at the same time, Ruth realizes that she is a widow, she's a foreigner, and in order for her to come back to Naomi, with food, and to come back safely, she's going to need grace. She's going to need to find favor in someone's eyes in order for her to be able to gather the food she needs and to return safely to Naomi. And so she embarks on this journey. She steps out in faith, trusting that perhaps God will provide. And it's interesting, you and I know this, you never know what's going to happen when you wake up in the morning and you decide by faith to take on the day that's ahead of you. You never know what God's going to do. Just how He works through the everyday affairs of your life, of my life, of the life of Ruth. Well, she goes out and she finds a field to glean in. And verse 3 says this, She happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. She just happened by chance, as luck would have it, to land in the field owned by Boaz. Now, at the beginning of chapter 2, the author gives you a glimpse. Okay, we have this man named Boaz. He's a relative of Naomi. He's a worthy man. And so he, he's kind of you know, giving you just a, an appetizer for what's going to come. And so Ruth goes out and she just by chance lands in this field that belongs to Boaz the NIV says as it turned out she was working in the field belonging to Boaz now what a coincidence that is or perhaps it was more than that you know perhaps you this morning you just happened to come to church this morning or you just happened to live in a certain neighborhood next to certain people or you just happen to work at a certain place and interact with these people. Or you just happen to be here or happen to be there. And yet, God works in the coincidences, so to speak. God is always at work in the everyday affairs of mankind. He's always at work, even here with Ruth, and He's at work in your life, always at work to point you to Himself. To show you your need for a redeemer. I want you to think about, you know, how is God how is God drawing you to himself? You know, what is God doing in your life to show you your need for him? Well, Ruth happened to come to Boaz's field, and we see that Boaz just happened to come and check on his reapers while Ruth was there. And he just happened to recognize this young lady and happened to Inquire about her, and she found favor in his eyes. Now, why did she find favor in his eyes? Well, one reason why is because Boaz is a godly man. I mean, he is a man of good standing, but he's also a man of integrity, kindness, goodness. He's a godly man. Now, how do we know this? Well, I'll give you at least one indicator that Boaz is a godly man and sensitive to God's leading. In verses 3 and 4, Boaz comes into his field and he greets his workers and then how do they respond to him? They respond to him by saying, the Lord bless you. Now anytime you're in the workplace and your boss comes in and the workers greet the boss with, the Lord bless you, probably a pretty good man, just saying. Probably a godly man, probably a kind man, a respected man. But we also see that Boaz not only allows Ruth to glean in his field, But He extends His protection over Ruth and He tells people not to touch her. Don't harm her. And He also gives her access to the reaper's water supply. And as all this is coming to fruition, all this is happening, look at Ruth's response in verse 10. She falls down, she bows her face to the ground, and she asks Boaz in verse 10, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner See so what you see here is grace always takes you by surprise always And Ruth is surprised by the grace by the favor that Boaz is showing towards her And then what you see in Ruth is humility you know, she's not walking around Israel with a sense of entitlement. You know She's walking around Israel realizing I'm a widow, I'm a foreigner, and I'm in need of God's grace. I'm in need of the favor of someone if I am going to be provided for. She has no social capital, no social standing, she has no resources, and yet she's stepping out in faith, recognizing her need for grace, and here she's surprised by that grace. And she recognizes it for what it is. It is grace being extended to her by Boaz. Now, this is the same question that we should be asking, I believe, to God. You know, when we recognize what God has done for us through Christ, this should be our response. We should say, Why have I found, found favor in your eyes? What is it? What, what made you extend that favor to me? That you would take notice of me? And we all know grace. We don't deserve it. You don't earn it. It is just given by the giver. And we need to recognize it for what it is. Or we may re- respond like the psalmist in Psalm 8 verse 4 when he says, What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him? And you see, we see ourselves in Ruth, do we not? And We we recognize our need for uh, provision, protection. We we recognize our need, our desperate need for the favor of God on our lives. Now listen to the answer Boaz gives to Ruth in verses 11 and 12. He says, All that you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has fully been told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. You know, it kind of sounds like Abraham here, does, he, does she not? Which, some may say that Ruth perhaps had even greater faith than Abraham because at least God spoke to Abraham. But God never spoke to Ruth and yet she still left her native land, her father, her mother, and followed after God. The Lord repay you for what you've done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And what Boaz is referring to here is what we read back in chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, where Ruth had a decision to make. Naomi says to Ruth, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. And this is what Ruth says to Naomi. Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. And may the Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts me from you. You've heard those words I'm sure several times. I actually had this passage read in my wedding because it's such a great phrase of commitment. You know, and we see Ruth committing herself to God, committing herself to Naomi. And one could argue that this was a turning point spiritually for Ruth. I mean, she had a decision to make. And Boaz described her decision as finding refuge under the wings of of God, so she was either going to go back to Moab, back to her gods, back to what she knew, or she was going to move forward with God into the unknown. And obviously, we know her choice. She chose to move forward with God, and we face the same decision, do we not? I mean, we we're called to move forward with God into the unknown. When you move forward with God, there's always an element of the unknown. And therefore it requires faith. And God will have it no other way. We move forward with Him by faith. Many times into the unknown. And the question is for us, you know, we, have we come to the point, have you come to the point where you recognize your need for the favor of God? Do you recognize your need for the forgiveness of God? Do you recognize your need for God to change you? Do you recognize your need for God to gather you under His wings? So that's what what Ruth recognized. That she wanted to find refuge under the wings of God. And then listen to how Ruth responds to Boaz in verse 13. She says, I know I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And Daniel Block, Old Testament scholar, says this. He says, Boaz was personally functioning as the wings of God. It was as if Boaz was the kindness of God incarnate for Ruth. I mean, this this kindness was God's kindness. It was God's favor, God's grace making its way in the flesh through Boaz to Ruth and Naomi. And we see that Ruth received the favor of God through him. It's not earned. It's not deserved. And yet it's received by those, only those, who recognize their need for it. And later, Ruth returns home and she tells Naomi all about her day. And she brings in all the food she was able to gather. And she tells Naomi all about what happened and who she met. And this is what Naomi says in verse 20. She says, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. And then she goes on to say, The man, speaking of Boaz, is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. Now, a redeemer was a relative that had the responsibility... Of stepping into the lives of his fellow relatives, if they were in a point of crisis. So, if you were in crisis and you could not get yourself out, your kinsman redeemer had a responsibility to come to you and help you out of your crisis. And so, obviously, Naomi and Ruth are in a crisis, and we see Boaz coming to Ruth, and Ruth telling Naomi about this man. And she says, He is one of our Redeemers. He is the one who can bring us out of this this crisis. And what we see here is Naomi moves from bitterness, which we saw in chapter 1. Her name means pleasant. But she went through some difficult circumstances and now she's in a place of bitterness. She says, call me bitterness. Call me bitter. And now she moves from bitterness into hope. Because now she finally sees a future that God's been working. He's working out a future for her and for Ruth. And it's just amazing how at one moment, one day, one encounter can just change your perspective. Just one. Just one intersection with someone. Just maybe reading one promise in Scripture. Just being reminded just a little bit about what Christ has done. Just cleans the perspective up just a a bit. And this is what happened to Naomi. No miracle, no angels, no prophets. But Naomi sees the unmistakable hand of God at work in her life. And that same hand that dealt harshly with her seemingly earlier, I mean, definitely went through suffering. God was with her at that point as well. But it happened. Suffering happened. Loss. And yet the same hand is leading her to the Redeemer. The hand of God is always at work to lead you and I to the Redeemer. That's the direction. That's the trajectory. That's what he's doing. And you know it's interesting, several years down the road, several years down the road, Ruth's great-grandson, King David, that's right. Ruth's great-grandson, King David, would pin these words in Psalm 57 verse one. He's, he writes, "Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in my, for in you my soul takes refuge." In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge. And then several generations later, another descendant of Ruth would say these words. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often have I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing See, what we see in this story is Boaz is a type of Christ. He is a type of a redeemer. And we see ourselves in Ruth. And we see how when Boaz, he provided for Ruth and later would redeem Ruth as as her kinsman redeemer, we just get a glimpse of how Christ would come and provide and redeem mankind. And our redeemer, Jesus Christ, he stands with His wings wide open, willing to receive you, to gather you under His wings, allow you to take refuge in Him if you are willing, if you recognize your need for His grace and His mercy. See, Ruth received favor because she came to the point where she recognized her need for God. She placed her faith in God. She ran forward forward with God. And yet, like we read in that passage in Matthew 23, 37, many encountered Christ then and now, but failed to recognize our need for His grace. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we willing to run with God into the unknown? Or will we turn back to Moab and stay with what's familiar What we think we can control? Or will we move into the unknown by faith? And some of you, some of you need to run to God for the first time. You've never placed your faith in Christ. You've never been forgiven for your sin. You've never been given new life. You've never been assured that you're going to spend eternity with God. You've never run to God for refuge. And this morning, that's the decision you need to make. You need to run to Christ to find forgiveness for your sin, to receive reconciliation, to be given new life, eternal life. And others of you need to run with God. You need to move forward and stop being paralyzed by fear. Move forward with Him in faith. Look at how He's working in your life and trust His provision for you. See, God is at work both in the miraculous and the mundane the everyday affairs of life and oftentimes we as christians those of you who know christ we may say we're christians but oftentimes we function as deists a deist believes that god exists but he's separated from the world he doesn't involve himself he doesn't involve himself in the affairs of men we think it's all up to us but naomi and Ruth, recognizes the, they recognize the sovereignty of God, the involvement of God, the activity of God, both in the miraculous, we, th- we see it throughout Scripture, but also in the everyday affairs of mankind. And so the question is, are your eyes open this morning? Can you see it? Are you willing to see it? And how God is... Moving in your life, pointing you to Christ. Because that's what He's doing. God is at work all over the world, showing us our need for a Redeemer. And so, as we stand and sing this morning, wherever you are with God, whether you know Him or you don't, I pray that this morning you can come and you can find refuge under His wings. And as we stand, I'll I'll meet you at the front. And if you need to make a decision to place your hands, in the place, place your life in Christ's hands, if you want to turn your life over to Christ, place your faith in Christ, I encourage you to do that this morning. And I'll meet you at the front. I'd love to talk to you about that. Or if you'd like to join our church family as we seek to make Christ known, or if you're simply just in need of prayer, i love to pray with you as we stand and we respond to God. Let us stand together.